Hello and welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. A huge engine failure, it appears, for Erica. The smoke funneling out of the back of the car. Stanfield drives by. On this episode, it's Cruz Pedragon and Leah Pruitt talking about their excitement coming into 2023. And it's Trip Tatum for the first time in his career. 370 flat, 330 miles an hour. Two teams that were on the rise at the end of 2022 have momentum coming into the beginning of the year. Bobby Bodie's 074, and he blows the body off the car going through the finish line stripe. Bobby maintains control of the automobile. This is the NHRA Insider. Number 16 is going to take out number one. He left on a, by a day and a half. Both Manson Hines bikes are out, and it is crazy town at Pro Stock Motorcycle. Hey everybody, Brian Loans back with another episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast as we continue to inch ever closer to the beginning of the season at the Emily Oil NHRA Gator Nationals coming up in early March. It has been, uh, if not the most eventful week in the history of drag racing, we got some news to talk about and we will have a lot more news to talk about this week as uh, privy to know some of the things that will be dropping uh, on the NHRA side of the uh, equation here as we move through this uh, week of the middle of January, or I guess we're getting near the end of January now. So I guess the biggest piece of news coming out of last week would be the licensing of Alex Laughlin in the Nitro Funny Car of the Dunn family. They went up to Bakersfield, California. Uh, Alex made a bunch of runs, and he was able to acquire his Nitro Funny Car license. And over the course of that process, was able to uh, deal with, if not learn, what it's like to go through stuff like tire shake and even an engine failure and some other stuff like that. So uh, Alex had a, a brief but I think eventful education in his early Nitro Funny Car career. I'm not sure what that team's plan is as far as any additional testing, but obviously getting Alex license was priority number one so they can continue on. And it's going to be a steep learning curve for the guy. Let's be honest. I think he knows that. Everybody does. He's a good driver. He's a serviceable driver. He has succeeded um, in pretty much everything he's ever driven. He's won in Radial Versus the World. He's won the U.S. Nationals and Pro Stock Eliminator. So we know that he can step up to the plate and do it. The learning curve in a Nitro Funny Car, I would argue, is probably steeper than any other car in the sport of drag racing. And the one thing I do think he brings to the table in this process is the fact that he has driven so much other stuff. He is not being overwhelmed by some of the things that a a fresh-faced driver that really doesn't have the level of experience Alex does across the sport would be. So that is a strength. And we're just going to have to kind of take this ride with him and see how it goes across the early part of the season. I think, you know, for me, one of the things that's going to be most vital for Alex in that early part of the year is really establishing himself on a consistency basis on the starting line. We know he's running every race. They're making the full pull. They're making the whole tour. And so you need to, in my estimation, to establish yourself kind of early as somebody who needs to be dealt with and somebody who needs to be respected on that starting line. As we know, the starting line is kind of the Wild West. Uh, when it comes to the Nitro Funny Car guys and girls, they do not uh, they do not treat it as though the top fuel drivers seem to treat it. It's a totally different ball game. which uh, there will probably be some education for Alex there as well as there are for all young Nitro Funny Car competitors. But the good news is, completed the process, he is a fully licensed Funny Car driver. 
Also at Bakersfield, the same time that Alex was there with the Dunn car, was Del Worsham. And Del was there with his top fuel car, licensing a driver from the state of Texas. A bit of a mystery man, so to speak. But this is a driver who uh, wanted to get his license. He did achieve a top fuel license. And so now there is another licensed top fuel competitor out there. And uh, we suspect, or we have heard, I should say, rumors that this driver will be making uh, a handful of appearances over the course of the year. Uh, Don't expect it to be a car that is there week in and week out, but uh, this is a guy who is not just getting the license to say that he has it. Uh, he will employ that license to actually run some races this year, which I think will be uh, will be great. Anytime we get to add cars, no matter how frequent or infrequent, uh, typically everybody has the same dream or the same goal, right? The same dream to advance their program into something full-time. So this is how it begins. So congratulations to that, uh, let's call it mystery driver number one. So NHRA.com has been brimming with uh, lots of great content over the last couple of weeks. Been uh, been able to throw my hat in the ring with the likes of Phil Burgess, thanks to Phil and Kevin McKenna for their uh, support. Kelly Wade's been cranking out great stories and driver profiles there as well. Make sure you're following NHRA.com, especially this week, because there is big news coming this week. And uh, this is a program that has been in the planning and in the works for a long time, and it has finally come to fruition. And it's something that's going to change. Um, it's going to change the way you look at Saturdays at NHRA national events in 2023. And I'm excited about it. I think you can tell by, for those of you watching the video version of the podcast, you can tell by the uh, my, my, my wry grin here. I wish I could tell you more, but this is a uh, very kind of highly classified, locked up thing that will be released, my understanding is Wednesday of this week, and it involves all four of our professional categories in the Camping World Series, so nobody's being left out in the cold, and it is a program that will be uh, potentially financially viable for uh, financially, I should say, fortuitous for some of the uh, from some of the strong running teams out there. Uh, money on the board, money on the table is always a good thing, especially when we talk about that money being in pro stock motorcycle, pro stock car, top fuel and nitro funny car. Uh, this is something you probably don't see coming or haven't seen coming, and I'm glad that it's going to surprise so many people. I believe in a very positive way. So stay tuned to NHRA.com and NHRA social media channels for this announcement. Big sponsor involved in this program, big commitment, and it um, once again places NHRA in league, if you will, with some of the other major premier motorsports series across the world, which are being supported by this particular company that's coming on to the uh, coming onto the slate. Uh, news that is still hanging out there. We're still waiting to hear about personnel changes at John Force Racing. Uh, internal personnel changes, nobody getting thrown out, but some shifting going on there. Still waiting to hear who's going to be the rider on the Vance and Hines motorcycle for 2023. Uh, those are kind of the two biggies, if you will, hanging out there as far as uh, unsettled or unfinished business as we move ever closer to February. The Gainesville callout race will be uh, coming up at the NHRA Emily Oil Gator Nationals, which is fun. We're going to start the season with the callout. We were supposed to start the season with the callout last year, and we know what happened. We had a washout instead of a callout, which ended up being our one session of qualifying, which led into that incredible race day at the Gator Nationals. So uh, better weather will allow us to have a better, more functional schedule and hopefully finish the Pep Boys All-Star callout on its uh, prescribed day, which would be Saturday at the Emily Oil Gator Nationals this year. So keep that on your calendar. If you've not gotten your tickets yet, please get your tickets to the Gator Nationals. Not just saying it to sound like a used car salesman. They are flying, absolutely flying, and it's going to be a huge crowd. We want you there to experience the call-out and experience all the greatness that will be that first race day Sunday 
of 2023. The factory X schedule came out for 2023 this week. If you missed that story at NHRA.com, you can go back and read it. But factory X, the new the new category, the new class that is debuting physically in 2023, uh, is going to be featured six times over the course of the year. Now, four of those times will be for elimination and points. The first two times, though, will be exhibitions. The first exhibition taking place at the Four Wide Nationals at Charlotte at ZMAX Dragway. The second exhibition taking place in June at the Thunder Valley Nationals in Bristol. So the reason the first two of these are exhibitions and not points gathering races is the fact that so many of these cars are in process to be built and finished. NHRA went out there and talked to basically everybody who has said, yes, I am having a car built and asked them what the timeline for completion was. And now there is no science to this per se, right? Anybody that's ever been involved in a race car knows that there are timelines that continue to move and evolve over the course of a process, whether it's getting parts and pieces, whether it's getting the fabrication work done, whether it's vendors, what have you, that time schedule often shifts around. But the majority of racers came back and said, I should probably have a car in my hands and ready to run sometime in June. So early summer is what basically all dozens, if you will, people have come back and said, I'm shooting for this June timeline. I'm shooting for this June timeline. So that's why April and June, early June will be exhibitions. Now, starting at the Summit Racing Equipment NHRA Nationals in Norwalk, that is June 22nd to 25th, that will be the first actual points gathering Winnawally race for the Factory X category. And that will be a very neat, uh, dare I say, momentous moment for this brand new class we've all been waiting so, uh, so long to see someone's going to win that inaugural national event in the class and that's going to make it great it'll then be contested in topeka kansas august 11th to the 13th again that's points gathering win a wally race then it will be the lucas oil nhra nationals in brainerd minnesota august 17th to the 20th then it will be charlotte again september 22nd to the 24th and finally the uh, the final two would be in the midwest nationals worldwide technology raceway in st louis and the final time we'll see Factory X this season will be at the Nevada Nationals. So um, I should I should reconnoiter my numbers here. It is two exhibitions and six points gathering races. So a total of eight, two exhibitions to start with in those in that April and June time frame, and then six full on races with Wally's being added. And again, the six races are Norwalk, Topeka, Brainerd, Charlotte, St. Louis and las vegas if you're like why why not the u.s nationals well never say never never say never about anything involving the u.s nationals let's just leave it at that and so i think when we go through all these uh factors that have uh, kind of started to line up for us we obviously get that great early season excitement and anticipation coming and it is coming as the nhra gator nationals loom larger by the day we are doing some fun stuff tomorrow make sure you're going to tune in this will be wednesday uh, January 18th, if you're just listening to this podcast, uh, we're going to do an NHRA Nitro Time Machine Live. It's going to be myself, Ron Caps, and Sean Langdon. We're going to watch the 1978 Spring Nationals from Columbus, Ohio, and kind of do the Mystery Science Theater 3000 deal where we watch it and crack jokes and talk about some cool stories and some background and stuff like that. So me, Caps, and Langdon, NHRA Nitro Time Machine Live will be featured on NHRA's YouTube and across our social media channels. So if you don't get to see it live, it will be saved for posterity. What is that word? I cannot, I, cannot, I cannot think of that word. It'll be saved so you can see it later on, <laughs> later on down the road. 
So that's it for me. Let's move into our guest. Our first guest on the show had the best race of his Nitro Funny Car Racing career. His name is Cruz Pedregon, and when we come back, Cruz Pedregon will be our first guest this week on the NHRA Insider Podcast. All right, so we are back here with our first guest in this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. He is the owner and operator of the Snap-On Dodge, Mr. Cruz Pedregon. How you doing, Cruz? Hey, Brian. I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm great. I uh, wanted to catch up with you for a multitude of reasons, but the first one, how about the Chili Bowl, baby? You were there. You experienced it. You had a couple of race cars. How did it go? It went well. Uh, didn't get the results we wanted. We had a couple drivers. In fact, uh, you know, back it used to be back, you, you could get a World of Outlaw driver that drives these sprint cars, right? And they could you plug them into a midget, and man, they go ripping down through there, and they're good to go. But, you know, today's – today's I've been away from it probably 10, 12 years. I, I was back yet, uh, last year for a bit, but um, I, I brought in Jacob Allen, who won four World of Outlaw races last year, and then I brought in a kid out of California named Caleb Henry, and both drive the, world, uh, the same kind of cars, which is a 410 wing sprint car. And both drivers did good for what they – for their for – their, Never, not really racing midgets, but yeah. for the Chili Bowl, man, they've raised the bar there. There's some younger <laughs> kids that come out of the micro micro sprints, and uh, and just everybody there is just like they're on the gas, and they're so we did we did okay, but not what I I wanted to make at least our preliminary night main event. We missed both, but had a good time. Uh, had some really good cars. Um, both my cars were were uh, were looking good, but uh, but yeah, we'll, so we'll. Uh, We'll get the drivers that I pick for next year. Probably going to bring back uh, Caleb Henry, the kid out of the West Coast, and um, get him some more seat time and just prepare. I mean, it's a it's a great prestigious event, but you know, it's like anything else, man. We want to do well, and uh, um, but anyway, I'm I'm glad that uh, we we were there for the whole week. We experienced all the the highs and lows. Uh, even some guy getting his ear bit in the pit area right right behind <laughs> us, and I did say get his ear bit of all the things that could happen at the Chili Bowl. <laughs> Some dude, and I, 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 just when you think you've seen or heard it all, I, I just, he went full on Mike Tyson on another guy, right? Remember the Evander Holyfield yeah. fight years yeah. ago? And, uh, yeah, did a full on, you know, full on, hey man, just not, not on this guy's ear. And I, I saw that, I didn't know what was going on. I thought the guy punched him in the ear because it was literally right behind Peter. I went out there and, uh, went out there to look. I go, man, what's this guy holding his ear? Did he just open hand, open hand slap him? And then I saw like bite marks. He went full on piranha on this guy's <laughs> ear, and and I was like, man, I think I see it all. So anyway, man. I, other than that, uh, yeah, it was a chili bowl. And it's an endurance event, man. Like you said, it's a week long. It's like the U.S. Nationals in a lot of ways. It just doesn't quit. I mean, it goes like eighteen hours a day. Yeah, well, just to put it in, just to frame it and put it in perspective, there's three hundred and sixty cars vying for a spot on saturday night's main stage of 24 cars so they have to wow. get through the week with the preliminary nights so each night is an event in itself right so then by saturday they start eliminating cars and so to take 350 or 360 cars and narrow them down to uh to 24 for the main event is quite a uh, quite a thing so yeah it, it's a long event but it's fun you know there's a lot of late nights and and um you know, early early days, but uh, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't miss it for the world. It's just, it's such a cool event. There's so many. You know, it's crazy. There's a lot of drag race fans that attend that. I, I'm surprised that uh, you know a lot of fans uh, recognize me and and support NHRA and all that we do. So um, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's you, you're going to get all the modified drivers, the sprint car drivers, the world. You know, you get all these different disciplines. Um, 
in that one building there for the week. So it's like there's no event like it in the world. So I have to get. I have to imagine that that this Chili Bowl weekend kind of delineates the 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 beginning of a year for you in terms of you get through the Chili Bowl, you have a great experience there. But now I'm yes. guessing the focus turns fully back to the uh, to the business at hand, which will be the 2023 Funny Car season. For sure, you know, and the guys actually started work right after the right after the new year, and, and I had to, I was able to carve out some time and get away and uh, and go do that. that's like my little vacation. Melissa and I go there, and we we did it last year. We bought two cars this year, and so we're fully into that. But for sure, we're focused now on the on the Snap On Tools Funny Car Team, and and the guys, uh, uh, you know, we're just doing projects, you know, trying to trying to get all the little. Uh, details of trailer maintenance and just different things that we normally don't get a chance to do during the week, like like most teams. And so now, yeah, we're uh, and we're not making any big changes. We built cars. We built a new car last year, um, so there's no real big uh, uh, projects going on other than just trying to make uh, you know little detail stuff to make the car better. Lee's there this week with the team, spending some time and uh, going over notes and just Lee's the go fast. And he's there to try to make sure the technology doesn't pass us by to make sure that all the things that we're doing horsepower wise are where we need to be. Um, and then that way we can, uh, you know, it's such a, uh, multiple person job yeah. uh, anymore, Brian, as you know, the crew chief is so focused on just maintaining what's there. So, so there, I think what was missing with my team for several years was that guy that can go out and really look, look at, Hey, are, do we have the right camshaft in the car? Do we have the right, uh, uh, we're making the right power level. Or is there anything new that uh, that NHRA has allowed uh, other teams and that we need to look at? So uh, that's where I think we're going to be even better than we were last year. And it started to show up the finals at the end of the year. You know, we've talked about it uh, ad nauseum almost, but uh, we had a great car, and we're not going to let that go. Um, we're just going to try to try to keep working with that because you know other teams are going to look at uh, oh, what we're doing and what you know that that it's a copycat league like they say in the NFL, and so. For us, we're just going to keep trying to push the envelope but still maintain and, and try to race and, and, and be there and, and try to win these races, really. What I thought was great is, you know, we look at kind of an, an in-season adjustment, if you will, an in-season change that you made, and the timing of it really was perfect. And, and I don't you know, you, you it, we all get to look at this stuff in retrospect after it happens, but we look at the timing of, of that addition you made with Lee to the team last year, and, and we look at that curve that, you know, going to the 6-disc program and that curve over really the span of only a couple of months paid off in such a great right. way at the finals. I mean, there's really, I'd have to imagine there's no better way and, and not just because you won the race, but you won the race in such a manner that it wasn't that, you know, everybody smoked the tires, you pedaled your way to a win. I mean, you right. won, you won that race. It, it was a real horsepower contest there in Pomona. Yeah, and really we couldn't have – we if we couldn't have scripted it better, obviously we wanted to get – we wanted to end the season on a high note, but sure. we had no idea we were going to perform like we did. <laughs> and it was really about – you know, we were looking at where we were in the points – we were, I think we were ninth at the time and we thought, you know, we don't have a lot to lose here. Let's, let's try to work our program into getting better. I mean, I have sponsors to answer to yeah. and, and things that I have to, uh, you know, change some direct, the direction of the team. And that's where the owner has to come in and say, Hey, let's, let's look at these things. And I went to J- JC and, and, and the guys and, and they were very open about it. They were like, Hey, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I didn't get any pushback. They were frustrated as I was at, at where our car was. So it worked out. We brought Leon and he and, JC could have, they could have got together and, and they would have both said, Hey man, I, I don't get along with this guy yeah. or whatever. But actually it's, it went the opposite. They, they were absolutely like working together. 
together and 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 the car performed and and yeah it was a, it was it's been a great off season because we've had to really reflect and look at the you know we ran if, if you if you look at the the test run we made in vegas on monday and then and the eight runs at pomona that's a nine three eighties in a row yeah. and and we didn't look back when we tested on monday we made one run on on monday at vegas and we didn't look back and for us like i said we couldn't have scripted it better there's no way you could have uh and then to have our best performance in the final against the champ, the newly crowned champion Ron Caps was just a great way. And not only did I have career best best ET, but speed all in one run. And uh, so yeah, I mean we, you know, to say that we've had a great offseason just reflecting on that, and not only that, but to look at okay, well, we didn't do anything, uh, or we're not doing anything different. So why can't we take that to Gainesville? And, and just try to forge ahead and just do exactly what we did at Pomona. And yeah. It doesn't work out like that all a lot, but that's what we're going to try to do. That's for that's for darn sure. Yeah, and you know we've we've talked a lot, or at least I have in some pieces for NHRA.com and some other stuff about this idea of a of a stable off season that we've had, and it's been more about it's been less about the craziness that we saw last year, and more about teams being really locked in to come into this year. And you know right. it, it's so important. I think you know, you're one of the teams that's been able to to retain really everybody you need to retain, and and that is such a huge thing as we saw last year. I mean, we saw new teams come in and they kind of stumble around for a while until people figure it out. But as you know, the competitive level is so high anymore that this idea of, well, it's a long season, we have time, you really don't. I mean, I I, I always right. – your brother and I use it, I think, maybe about second, third race of the year when, when somebody's struggling three races in and they look in the camera and say, well, you know, we've got time to fix this. I don't think that's accurate anymore. It really isn't. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of it, too, is uh – uh, you know personalities, and there's just so much that goes into behind the scenes to to, to bring in new people. Heck, I thought when I brought in uh, uh, the team I have now with with, with Collins and, and all the guys, I thought, hey, let's just pick up where TJ left off, and and we did to a certain degree, but there were still growing pains. There were still things that I was used to that I didn't have anymore, and things that they had that they're used to. So I'm really thinking that that uh, this is a uh, this is like. Uh, you know, like coaching or, you know, when you bring people, I remember John Force. I'm going to take you back. I remember when Force hired Austin Coyle back in, I think it was 1983 or 84. He had just, uh, Coyle had just won with Frank Holly back-to-back championships. And he went to John Force and we thought, oh man, this guy, this is, they're just going to pick up where they left off. They're going to dominate. <laughs> I don't think Force won for like three years. Yes, that's right. With Coyle there. And so I'm looking back on, man, I, you know, it's no matter what you, how you plug these people in, some people like Caps and and the and the the former Beckman team they hit it they they, they yeah. hit it off they work but not every team is set up that way and, and personalities so I'm looking forward to working with these guys again and and uh, and then having Lee there uh, you know I don't want to understate that but Lee I, and I have a long history if people are pay attention we go way back to the McDonald's days with the funny car yeah. where we uh, you know some of the most dominant performance where Lee was involved so I really feel like. Uh, the fact that he was tired of sitting on the couch and skiing and, and Colorado and doing all the things he was doing, he was ready. He, I think he had like a five or six year hiatus. So uh, to bring to have Lee back there again to me is a big deal, and to to put him in with, with my group that have a great foundation already, I think is just going to bode well for our our our, cha- our hopes for a championship next year. 
And listen, I'm not saying Lee's expectations are, are very high because they are. I, that's That goes without saying. But I will tell you this. Right. He contacted me yesterday and asked for some very specific information. And the information, yeah. he, the information he wanted was the incremental numbers from the quickest funny car run of all time and the fastest funny car run of all time. Yeah. So listen, yeah. that's the mentality. If I'm in your seat, that's the mentality of a guy I want around. I, I want a guy who's who's going, what is the ultimate benchmarks I'm looking for? And, and that's not to say, you know, Lee's, Lee and JC are planning on coming out in Gainesville and trying to set a world record but what they clearly are looking to do is to have those numbers at hand to understand where they are falling you know yes. in line with that type of stuff and and if you're going to be a champion in this sport anymore and you don't approach race day with that type of mentality of what is the gold standard why bother showing up because it just it's no longer a sport of uh good enough's going to be okay it just isn't right well, you hit the nail on the head. That's Lee's personality. I remember in 1992, we were walking up to the staging lanes after we put the, his dragster motor in the funny car because we'd blown up all of our engines. And I remember walking up to the staging lanes, and I kid you not, Brian, he, he, we were walking up. For, we're getting ready to race. I think it was Chuck Etchell's first round. And I'm nervous. I didn't know what to expect. And he goes, he goes, hey, Cruz, what's the national record? And, and this is like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me? We're, we're, you're talking national record. And you know what? By the end of the day, we had set reset the national record. So this guy, and so yeah. the other day, so before Pomona, he was talking. He goes, when we ran that 384 right off the trailer, he says, you know what? And we, when we ran a second one, he said to me, he goes, you know what? These guys are going to have to run that or better to beat us. So he, he definitely sets the bar high, and he's not a – He's not shy about mentioning it. He told me, hey, we're going to try to run three, 340. We want to be the first funny car to re- run 340. And you know what? I believe with every bit of his body, he believes that that we, that we that's what he wants to do. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's why he's here. He's here this week. He's, he's making sure that all the things that, you know, uh, the weight of the car, uh, you know, all the things, the little details that are will, will stand in the way of us achieving these goals is what is what's on the front and center and you know what a lot of guys think that way but i'm so glad to have a guy that thinks that way on our side too that uh uh, because hey, you know uh, that's why we do this, right? Absolutely, it's exactly why we do it. You know, I know you you you're famously known as a big time Raiders fan. Um, you know, there's all kinds of off season talk. Do you want the Do you want the Raiders to sign Tom Brady? Because right now, if we're going to switch this to a little NFL chat right now, because <laughs> because all the prognosticators, people around the league, are saying that Brady is going to be leaving Tampa Bay, and almost every one yeah. of them is every one of them pretty much has uh, has Vegas kind of penciled in for a potential destination. What is your as the resident Raiders fan of NHRA drag racing what's your take you know uh, of course I think the win now mentality is is upon us in in all these sports I think long term I don't know that Brady is the great fit but I think for the short term I think we need a shot uh Raiders still are new in Vegas and for me they've had such a disappointing year that I, I we're desperate as Raiders fans we're like you know, Brady would give us that 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 edge and and that win now scenario. So yeah, I mean, whatever whatever it takes to get that stadium filled back up and get the people uh, uh, rooting for the Raiders again. It's it, like they say, it's always a good day when the Raiders are relevant. Like they're, they're a cornerstone. They're like the Steelers, Miami Dolphins, right? And yep. I like to think of my myself and that I've been doing it a, a, a while. I think uh, life is good in funny car if, if my team and John Force and the, 
some of the cornerstone racers are still doing it at a high level for sure. No, absolutely. And listen, as disappointing as the Raiders year was, there was no more disappointing moment than the end of the the Raiders-Patriots game, which, of course, being a New Englander and a Patriots fan, I I had to suffer through the end of that, which I'm sure you had an opposite reaction to that. (laughs) The wackiest end of the most awful end of a game I'd ever seen, but probably the best for you. Yeah, but you know, it was uh, you know the change they made at quarterback. I, I you know I, I just feel like uh, things have to like I don't want to say implode, but maybe that's the right <laughs> word. Things have to go really bad before they get right. Yeah. And so I think things went bad enough that they said, "Hey, we're going to change this direction. We're going to blow this thing up." Uh, it's like my dad used to say, "Do something, uh, do something, even if it's wrong," and that's exactly what those guys did. They absolutely did, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch that whole uh, where yeah. you know, where Brady lands or where he ends up going. I think it would be cool to see him in a Raiders jersey, even if it's only for a couple of seasons. I think Josh yeah, McDaniels, sure. of course, he has great history with him. So, yeah, that's going to be a very interesting thing. And and I guess one last uh, one last question for you on the twenty three season. You know, th- what is your kind of testing outlook for the winter time? I know some teams are going west and some teams are going south. What do you guys have planned? You know, that's a good question. We're not going to get crazy or carried away in testing. I think really for obvious reasons, yeah. we, we, when we left the track at Pomona, we had a winning car. It, uh, uh, it, 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 we did knock the blower belt off of it. So there's a few things we need to address uh, with as it relates to some, uh, uh, some things. So for us, we're going to do minimal testing. I think that the, the Gainesville, the, the, after the, what were they called? The, the, the baby the gators. Alpha, which is the, yeah. the, the, the mini, the, the mini gate, the yeah. baby gators. <laughs> I think our plan right now is to run a little bit Monday, Tuesday, and then, Hey, let's, let's not wear it out. Let's not try to win it uh, in testing. Let's, yeah. let's make some changes or let me make changes. Let's, let's get me back in the car. Let's get the crew back in the swing of things. Let's make a couple hits to the finish line and let's rock and roll on Friday. And I, I think that's really the best game plan for us. I've had cars where we, uh, even our championship year with Tobler in 08, we came out uh, in 09 uh, with a lot of changes. Oh, we brought out a new car. We're going to do this better and that better. And you know what? Our season would flop. So our mentality is to, hey, let's let's uh, take what we have and, and, and let's keep it going. Let's, let's keep this train. Let's keep this train on the tracks. And so, you know, and, and the other thing that opens up, we can always run on a Monday or Tuesday. So. I think yeah. uh, during the year. So I think the preseason testing, I don't want to say is overrated, but unless you're making bit household changes, uh, I don't, I don't think uh, it's, it's a big deal. It's kind of an interesting point. It's either kind of spend it now or spend it later, right? You can, you can spend it yeah. on a big off season test or you can dole that money out incrementally as you feel like you might need it over the year. So yeah, that's kind of a, that's not really something I hadn't considered really. If you're going to have a fixed text, a budget like everybody has, you're going to allocate that yeah. budget where you think you need it. Right, and then you know, I mean, now now that that being said, if there's a team, a team, there's some crew chiefs that are joining the, uh, 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 some really good cars. Now, in that kind of scenario, yeah, maybe you're going to want to make some more runs, like you said, go out west or, or go go somewhere else. But we're not in that situation. We're we're all the people, all the key guys, uh, you know, are in place, and so we have a plan of what we want to do. So we're not going to, like I said, we're not going to uh, flog it and go out there and. Uh, you know, and and, and may, I would say if we can make four or five runs, uh, I think we're going to be ready to go. Well, Cruz, thanks so much for taking the time. Glad you had a good Chili Bowl experience. Certainly, congratulations on the finals win. And uh, there's, well, there's nobody coming in with any hotter than you coming into the Gator National. So it's going to be great to uh, get the party started. Second week of March, it is uh, going to be a packed house and it's going to be fantastic. Hey, Brian, I look forward to you and Tony getting back at it and, uh, and, and breaking everything down like you guys do. You do a great job. Thank you very much, Cruz. I will talk to you soon. All right, Brian. Take care. And with that, I'll be right back with our second guest, Leah Pruitt. 
All right, welcome back to the NHRA Insider Podcast. Second guest on this episode of the show is none other than Top Fuel Pilot Leah Pruitt. Leah, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. A uh, bunch of stuff to talk about, and I guess I want to start with one subject, which was, uh, you know, not the happiest of things, of course, but last week uh, you were up there for the uh, kind of celebration of life for Ken Block, and I'm not sure how many people know that you had a very long-standing friendship with Ken Block that, that goes back years. Obviously, you've been part of Hoonigan for a long time, and uh, it did seem to me that this was a very appropriate way to get a lot of his friends together to celebrate what was a, an amazing life the man led. You, uh, you're most definitely right. I mean, and actually when saying happy new year, you know, it most, most definitely wasn't on, oh, yeah. um, yeah. January 2nd, Ken Block passed away in a snowmobiling incident and at their rants, they had just got dumped on so much pow. And that was probably one of Ken's favorite things to do in the last four years was to snowmobile. Cause like when you ride, you just feel like you're floating. And I know that's always why he liked all types of motorsports from drifting to snowboarding to all that. So he uh, did, you know, he was doing one of the things that he loved, but what was so impressive about the week after and the, the people that, that were there and attended, I've never seen, and we've all been to SEMA and PRI and we live in in our motorsports cultured world and never have I seen or even heard about people coming, um, for him because Ken transcended so many different types of spheres and the industry from Sal from X Games, the um, AMC Memorial, you had Danny Way, Damon Way, um, Rob Dyrdek, all sharing their stories from the beginning of DC to the 15 years of Rally Cross um, to, to how he, you know, the look and feel when you, when you think of Ken Block and they talked about where that came from in his soul and at the end of the day, it was, you know, have fun, be creative, and don't be an asshole. Yeah. And yeah. that's. And he lived it. He lived it. He lived it. That's the thing. A lot of people say stuff like that, but the dude really, really lived that. And, and I think that's why he's been so impactful. And you really can't put a value on what he did and, and and what his legacy will continue to do to get people interested in cars. I mean, I got kids, they love Ken Block. The guy's the guy's a legend and, and he will be a legend forever because of the amount of people he engaged over the course of time and got him interested in stuff. The, the you know, one of the things that has always shot out to me from when I was a fan of his before ever even meeting him and getting to work with him was he just you hear the saying all the time, be true to yourself. And I think until you're presented with an opportunity to peel back those onion layers, what does that really mean? Well, for me watching Ken was if he liked this Audi and he wanted it changed or he loved that Subaru, didn't matter if it was cool or not. It was cool to him and he was true (laughs) to himself and, and, and all the liveries. And so, you know, for me, a lot of reflection has been, what does Leah like? What, you know, what what do I think is a cult or interesting and, and not based on the masses of the media? And, yeah. and it's, it's been kind of this connection um, that a lot of us between, I say, there was about 150, 150 180 people at the, at the brunch in the morning and then about a thousand people at wow. Woodward. Yeah. And if nobody, if you guys know what Woodward is, right, it's a, it's a huge compound dedicated towards action sports where you know, kids or adults learn uh, their flips and the phone boxes and the indoor skate ramp and and the action hills uh, for all the for all the park. And so, it, it 
such a it was such a great place but inside um it tied everything together and hoonigan did a phenomenal job getting the cars on property putting slideshows together and nobody's prepared no right no nobody's i mean this is in, <laughs> in something yeah for something of that yeah. magnitude and, and the way it uh way it was handled was all all really first class and and uh i know it was certainly a difficult time for all you guys but i'm glad that that it was able to do be what it was from what you're describing kind of the environment there and if uh, I know a lot of people's fans, you know, look up to female racers and I will say Lucy Block, who's she's rally legit. racer, she's legit and um, been friends with her for a while, but she is uh, non-negotiable for me, the strongest woman I know in my entire life. So I have a, I have a new standard for emotional strength, professional strength, and it, um, from a female standpoint, it comes from her. And so maybe you guys might see her at the races, um, but the, the love from the drag racing community, even though Ken didn't do a lot of drag racing, what men might not, what you guys might not know is, you know, he brought Leah Block down to Charlotte yeah. and was, we were teaching her to drag race. Then she got to be a dunk master and, and, you know, learn the, you know, different side of drag racing. Um, and, and Ken really respected all the forms of motorsports, including drag. When he came to Charlotte and he's like, I'll never get in one of these. This is way too wild. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was there great. You have it. Thank you for uh, for sharing that experience with us. And I want to move on to, to happier topics here. And, you know, this is an announcement that was made uh, late last week that, to me, is a great announcement on its surface, but it goes so much deeper than that. And that is the fact that Renai Tankless Water Heaters is coming on uh, to be part of Tony Stewart Racing on both sides. It's They're going to be involved in NASCAR. You'll wear their colors uh, for some races. Matt Hagen will have their colors on for some races. And this is a company that's really involved with places like the NFL. So to get that name in the sport is big, but I think it has huge implications to have it involved in both the NHRA and on the NASCAR side. Definitely. I think it's what, you know, our fans and even NASCAR fans um, of SHR have been wanting and waiting for, you know, where are we going to see the synergies between SHR and TSR together besides just um, like the complimentary gear wrench and and mobile one, but this program is designed uh, to bring us together and to share our fan base and ultimately um, really send the message across for how great, I mean, they are the number one tankless water heaters in the country and they want to improve and scale even more than what they already have. And, you know, we're focusing more on the, on the East coast and, and the upper East because there's, there's an you know there's opinions about tankless water heaters and that they don't work as well and that is completely false and so we're up there to spread the message and the word and all of our homes um are having Renai installed if they don't already have them and so that we can live and breathe it and talk with people that actually have a major issue in their home with you know we all know how inconvenient it is yeah no one likes a cold shower (laughs) it was just it was cool it was on a personal level it was cool because they do a lot with the new england patriots obviously i live in new england i've been a patriots fan my whole life and you cannot listen to a new england patriots game on the radio without hearing a a lot of renai uh involved there so i I made an immediate connection with that and obviously the colors will be on the car in epping which is a great thing as well so that that all makes total sense it does and we get to we get to keep it throughout the entire year and Really, with our hospitality program that plays into it is for the for the dealers and 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 the construction and the installers and really doing um, you know just information uh, sharing and not necessarily training while we're at the races, but 
sharing the word to our fans, but then also connecting with um, the people that will have their hands on the tankless um, water heaters as well. So it's it's always great. It's, uh, it's infusing to see a partner come in, whether it's with a competitor or with the series, especially if it's with our team. But it just shows that NHRA is constantly growing, and I'm proud to be a part of, of a movement. And I consider myself like the class of – not maybe 2022, 2023, but like you have five, seven year spans of groups of people. And yep. when I when I look back in history, it'll be, you know, was the class of with Steve Torrance, Brittany Forrest, Justin Ashley, and, and the years that Renai just totally created its own movement is what I hope to happen this year. So um, I don't know. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm like, I'm so over the off season. I'm so ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, I, I, one of the themes I've, I've had over the course of these shows and some stuff that I've written for NHRA.com has been about uh, stability and how we had an offseason last year that was great because of all these huge, bombastic news news announcements and all the thrash that was going on. And this year, I think people are like, man, well, it's not as busy as last year. But to me, it's a great thing because we're, we get to talk about stability in this sport. And your team is the poster child for this because of the fact you've retained on both sides every member of your crew. And I want to talk about that because obviously at this point last year, you guys were still bolting cars together, even hiring people. So, you know, the ability to come into a year knowing that you're going to look at the same faces doing the same jobs has to be an incredible, if not relief, an exciting thing. It most definitely is is a relief. Um, and so let's just right, you consider what all of our thresholds are. And last year we had met our threshold of work capacity to just get to testing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fire up the car. Everybody's learning their jobs, getting acquainted, getting our first couple races, feet getting wet, getting our baseline. We are so thankful for a couple extra weeks this year that we have uh, and where we're spending our time. So yes, we're at our max of our threshold, but it's just in a different way. Now we are so focused on what, what are our performance capabilities? Where did we miss last year? And we get to not only... Uh, not only think about them and work through them in the off season, but we have so much extended testing planned that we get to implement them. I mean, it is such a 180, not a little 180 from last year. We are, we're getting able to finally organize our trailers yeah. and, yeah. and have proper displays and computers and management that last year, I think we did a phenomenal job getting off the ground in the time that we had, but we we've, we've transitioned that focus into uh, taking advantage of every single part of this opportunity so that, hey, I know we're not we're not even going to look like the team that we were last year yeah. in regards to how we look, but then also how we perform. And that is, I've never been more excited for a season than I am right now because of how we've been able to capitalize on this extra time. We talk about this kind of maturing process with a team, and even if it is a team of veteran people coming together, that team still has to mature into a unit. And, of course, we saw that come to fruition for you guys uh, in the win at the Mile High Nationals, which was an exceptional moment for you in your season. And so even when we look at the countdown, we look at what was going on in the countdown performance-wise. Yeah, the round wins probably didn't come at the frequency you wanted, but the, the performance of the race car evolved itself with everything everybody else and I think that's that's one of the hidden facets uh, maybe of the end of your season that some people overlook and miss is that yes no the, the, the final round win life didn't come on for you in the countdown that's fine but when we look at what the car was doing and how it was doing it this was a much different race car than when we saw Pomona to start the season and it, it, those numbers
numbers kind of hide from a lot of people, but uh, they did not hide from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I, I think I would, uh, I would pinpoint it on, on being deliberate. So it was difficult in the beginning of the season to be deliberate about a certain pathway from a tune and a, um, and just a strategy standpoint. Yeah. And once, once Indy came about and we understood that we are, we're not even in the same conversation of going after being a one, two and three qualifier. And that was unacceptable. Yeah. And so you have these real time conversations with your team owner or husband and or both. <laughs> of, or both. <laughs> yeah. And here's what it's going to take. Um, we're going to have to be deliberate in the way that we push. Now that's going to right push our barriers a little bit farther and some more. We did have two major explosions, but unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but it wasn't a result of pushing harder. Those were isolated incidences that would never happen again in another 10 years, but they do. So, uh, you know, from a fan's perspective, we had better performance at the end of the season. We also had, you know, some really large boomers. Well, those boomers came from me, you know, we're in competition and I'm pedaling and pedaling and head and pedaling and uh, not doing a great job. So it's all coming. It will all come together. And I will say I've, I've done a lot of research, a lot of spent a lot of time personally on slow-mo. It's as close as I can get to somewhat of a sim in my mind um, to to rectify myself on four bad pedals last year that could have changed our whole trajectory. And uh, so that's where the team component comes in. And, and I have all, I've got so much faith in picking up where we left off last year and adding a couple hundreds to that. Um, that's what excites my soul. And if I can slow down my brain and not be as aggressive when I pedal, we're going to win the times that, you know, we, we may have been behind. Yeah. And, um, is, is, yeah. is, is part of your maturing or growth as a race car driver, the ability to do that because I would guess I've never you know certainly never uh, been a professional race car driver nor will I ever but <laughs> I would guess that at, at, at portions of your career that is something that you or anybody would not be willing to do for themselves like to go back and watch that in slow motion and to use it again as a tool to to teach yourself and train yourself versus hell no I'm not watching that like that was a bad moment I'm not gonna I'm not gonna subject subject myself to that again is this something you you would do now in your career trajectory that maybe you wouldn't have done several years ago 100 percent. I a couple years ago would be difficult for me to go back look at an interview um critiquing and I just you know fly by the seat of my pants but that was be I I've reflected on this as well that was because my focus as much as I thought that my focus was there it wasn't it was on awning balances and partnerships and account management and whatever (laughs) else it may be to get the program rolling where as Tony designs this program with Kelly Antonelli taking the lead as GM and each crew chief responsibly being actually carrying more than their load, my responsibilities with the team, and especially in the last half of the season, I was able to wean off and delegate more. And my reaction times picked up. I was yep. practicing more. My, my, my head was more in the game. My physical ability was more in the game. And, uh, and I didn't think I had room to push. And I know if anybody ever thinks that they are tapped out, you are not. Um, and, and I've enjoyed being able to work on my craft while not being in the race car because I, I have more mental availability. And, um, and I never, I never thought that that would ever be an issue. I never thought that I would be here. So I, I, I appreciate it. I also understand 
now kind of why some of my competitors are able to be as good as they are. So, well, yeah, and that's that. That was going to be my next question. It's almost like when you get to that vista, you get to that point, you go, wait, wait a second, like because you only know the world you live in, and that goes for all of us, no matter what you're doing. You only normal for all of us is different. So, for what you did for years, that was normal. That was well, this is the way it goes, and then all of a sudden you go, you get to this point, and you say. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. That what this isn't the way it was supposed to go. This is right. what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> and but it and it's a little there's a certain amount of heartbreak that also comes with it because anytime, you know, your 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 roots grow and and they change and they right they get larger and they move in different places, but I I miss I think back and I miss the the 2 3 AMers at the shop and all deep in the grind and and it makes me feel yeah it hurts my heart like a little bit that i'm not there doing that but i'm like it's okay i I know exactly where you're going with this and i'm gonna i'm not gonna try to climb in between years but i am a little bit because i deal in my own life in the same way for with certain things it's guilt you feel guilt because you don't think you're working hard enough but the the, and and uh, again now i'm not going to psychoanalyze myself but the reality is you are working hard enough, but you get to work hard on the things that are actually that important as opposed to all the other stuff that you were working hard to do that were detracting from the end goal. Correct. I thought that they were important and that it yeah. was prioritized and it, and it is, but now it is with someone else. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped on it. You know, I remember going into Pomona last year and every, you know, the bed is, has been made and everything is there that I thought that I wanted. And I totally, I choked in Santron. I double stepped at a 110 light. We had a competitive car and it was my mentality going into that race. It's like, everything's got to be fine. My mentality going into Gainesville started last November. Yeah. So I'm like not apprehensive ready. Like I was last year. I'm like actually textbook definition of ready. Can't wait. I don't know when this exactly goes out and about the details that people might know right now about the Saturday deal, but Oh, this yeah, go ahead and go ahead and let it fly because <laughs> when this drops, that will be announced. So go for it. From my from my understanding, that was that was delved out was we're going to have competition on Saturdays every Saturday except for of course the four wides where they're taking yep. the previous races uh, semifinal competitors. So the four that are there, their qualifying efforts on Saturday, you will have a chance to rerun your semifinal, and then from there your final qualifying session on Saturday will be that final. It's fifteen thousand dollars, ten thousand to win, right? The, yep. 5,000 to runner up or it might be off just a little there, but I'm uh, to, to see the execution um, the NHRA is doing to create a competition movement for fans to see on Saturday. Awesome. Yeah. Also, I think it's going to change a dynamic for the racers too, because we live and breathe to race. Now we get to do it two times and we get to like almost a guarantee redemption yeah. run that you might have to wait sometimes six or eight races to run that person again in eliminations where you just had that joker last week and and you've been thinking about it all week and you made it to the semi so you have a time to rip it again um i i think this is really going to be the nice shock that that we need that that'll transform across you know into other other forms of motorsports and get people at the races yeah i agree i think it's going to be great i think it is advantageous the money is always great but i think the double advantage that you mentioned is that as a racer you get to put yourself in a competition mindset on a saturday and you have that in your back pocket less than 24 hours after that competition run you make or even two competition runs you make if you advance on to what would be the the, the final if you will of this of the series um 
that puts you in a much better position in my mind on Sunday that you've you've gotten yourself there already you're not having to find it first round you've already found it on Saturday I think it's uh I think it's going to be huge it's going to be great yeah the official announcement will be coming out effectively when this show drops so we're all we're all good oh, although fire awesome. me anyway, whatever yeah you <laughs> <laughs> fire me too well also I think it's important to note that there's points that go with those round yes. those quote-unquote round wins that get added to your post countdown uh points so as in your post indie points so yeah. everyone's separated by 10 points whatever it might be except for the top 20 or top 20 for one and two but you add in these little points here and there and brian i mean it sounds like it can add up to I mean, 20. It can be so. something. It can be something, really. Yeah. If you have a consistent race car and you can make those, you can make those, those, those rounds, and it's going to be run 12 times during the regular season. Um, you're talking about real points there, and it's it's going to be great. So I, I'm glad you're excited about it because I think I, I'm definitely excited about it. I think the fans are going to eat it up, and it certainly. Again, selfishly for TV, it gives us a great storyline every qualifying show. And then for the fans, it gives them the ability, if they can't make race day Sunday, they get to leave and know that somebody won. And and, uh, the fact that it goes across all four categories is another, to me, great part of that as well. It's not just limited to the two fuel categories. And, you know, we got call-out races in all four classes this year. So it's uh, to me, it's all moving in the right direction. And, and, you know, you, Tony, everybody in that organization has been a big part of it. We saw the net effect of Tony making that final round in Vegas last year and that was just um to me you know you 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 wonder like hey who's gonna pay attention to this and all of a sudden my god it was unbelievable it was fantastic it was a again a this you know you know this you've been in the sport long enough every once in a while and i think this goes for me too i need a little reminder right i need a little reminder (laughs) that people really do care about this and love it and that to me was a big one Agreed, and then it's it's not just a one hit wonder type of deal, yeah. you know. It is an excited interest. Um, again, somebody might not have watched drag racing in five years or so, and 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 now someone's in it. That oh man, I haven't even seen these guys run. Who who is this person? And all this NHRA has formed uh, is molded into a very entertaining. Um, I will say this, kind of circling back to the memorial last week and being with. Um, Jeremy McGrath and Ricky Carmichael and like having all these motorsports stories intertwine the conversation and it's not by me I'm very deliberate that it's not by me because I'm there so you know just just yeah. enjoying what is yep. what is happening and, and remembering but it always does turn to drag racing and how extreme it is and whether these other athletes where their interest lies with it or their absolute like oh my gosh won't ever I'll go. I'll watch. I'll stand on the. Uh, you might get me to the line, uh, and and then it turns into you know who's going to attend Gainesville and and slapping out schedules, and it all comes back to the extreme, the extreme ability that this sport provides, um, and the respect that these other great athletes have for drag racing. But because not a lot of interlocking has happened, in my opinion, in the last ten years, Agreed. fifteen years. Um, it does take a, a Tony Stewart running alcohol, making it to the final to garnish that attention. But it's not because it's not worthy of it. It's because they're so extreme in their life and, and their sport. You know, I it, it's hard for us. We might, right, we might, all might watch A1, but we're not following all season of right. Supercross. Right. No, so, it's, it's a great point. I could say I, I think this year you're going to see a lot more, um, maybe a lot more names attending attending races and, and having some interest. And uh, and I encourage like the other competitors to talk with them. And that's what we, we need to 
all get together and not just with a because of a bad circumstance so yeah no that's that's an absolute fact and no it's great i think there's there's so much good going on for 23 i can't i like you i can't wait to get the season started i know you're chomping at the bit to go testing which you will be doing in the not too distant future and uh as always lee i appreciate you taking the time and certainly a great conversation and i look forward to uh following your results and testing and seeing you throw down in gainesville I appreciate that. And just so everyone knows, we're, we're back. We'll be back on track with the Dodge Direct Connection Power Brokers, uh, Mobile One, Rex Truck Centers, Race Redeem, Code 3. So all the ones that you loved last year um, are back, and we're stoked. If you want to follow along, that's uh, TSR Nitro on Instagram or Leah.Pruitt. And Brian, always enjoy talking to you. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I look forward to seeing you at the track. And we'll be right back with my final thoughts on this episode of the NHRA Insider. And we're back here to close out this episode of the NHRA Insider Podcast. What a couple of great conversations. Really, I love the insight and the honesty of both Cruz Pedregon and Leah Pruitt. Both of them come into the 2023 season in fine nick, as they would say in England. They're in fine shape, and they're going to come out swinging, as every team will be in this 2023 campaign. Check out NHRA.com for some great content that's been posted by Kevin McKenna, Phil Burgess. I've popped a couple of stories there. Looking forward into the 2023 season, giving you the full setup of what we should be expecting. Make sure you get your tickets to the NHRA Emily Oil Gator Nationals coming up in March. It will be the season opener of 2023, and as usual, it will be packed to the rafters full of people, full of excitement, and full of the breaking news you love about this sport. There will be no NHRA Insider next week. Dry your wetted eyes right now. I'll be honest assignment in california working with the nhra in a special project i'll be back on the case the week after we'll get caught up with more drivers tell you more stories and cover what will be more breaking news over the course of the next couple of weeks as always thanks for your time thanks for your ears and thanks for your fanhood of nhra drag racing i'm brian loans and i'll be back soon here on the nhra insider podcast